There yeah. you go. And uh, yeah. Your opinion would have mattered at that moment in time, but now it does not, sir. <laughs> All right, and we are back. Back on The Breakdown. This is episode number 23, and we have a special guest today who is not in studio with us. It's going to be our first call-in caller. We'll tell you who that is in just a second, but across the table from me, I got the one, the only, the ugly, the old, Mr. Roman Palyachenko. What's up, Roman? I'm gorgeous. You're just jealous. <laughs> You're just jealous. I'm jealous of I, you being can't. old. Yeah, because you can't look like all of this. I look like a grape raisin that's going to make some fine wine soon. Oh, okay. It's yeah, a positive way to look <laughs> at it. Right. I will say this. Roman came up to me in the gym today and said, I did a straight arm back walkover. No, no, no. And now I'm hurt. Straight arm. But I did it. And I said, straight cool, arm man. back. Let's get this tumble class started. I don't want to. <laughs> I did a straight oh, yeah, arm. Back, back, back extension roll. And it was, it was to a handstand and it. Stayed in a handstand till I was ready to step out. <laughs> Do you feel okay still? Yeah, I'm great. Oh my I mean, gosh. I farted when I did it, but the kids were like, whoa. And I don't know if it was because of the fart or the skill. I can't but... even tell you tumbled today. Like, yeah. Well, as you guys can anything. hear, we also have another guest in studio. <laughs> that is Mr. Caleb Johnson. He's back for episode number 17,000 that he's been on. Yeah. Um, but Caleb, what's up, buddy? Honestly, just the ceiling. I'm chilling, dude. Nice, nice, nice. Where'd that cheeseburger go? Oh, my belly. <laughs> All right. Well, today we're trying our first, uh, I guess, branch outside of the studio. Uh, hopefully we can have this guest in at some point in the studio, maybe get him to come out and work with the Cheerville kiddos. Um, but it is a close friend of ours, uh, a great individual, one of the most well-respected and awesome tumbling coaches inside of the cheerleading industry. Uh, it is Matt Kelly. What is up, Matt? What's going on, fellas? Nada, nada. Uh, how's the audio? You you sound like you can hear or you can hear us. <clears throat> yeah, I can hear all perfectly. Perfect. Uh, if there is a little hum when we're listening to this, we apologize. Uh, we're learning, but um, yeah, on the phone we got Matt Kelly from Woodlands Elite down in Texas. Uh, Matt, I have a quick question for you though before we start the podcast. Who? Is Matt Kelly like what? Who is Matt Kelly? Like, give us a quick background. I don't know. What do you love? What inspires you? <laughs> All right. Um, my name is Matt Kelly. Um, I'm 38 years old. This is my 21st, I think, year of coaching. Um, I got a wife who I love. We have a two year old daughter as of this Monday, December 18th, named Kai. Um, I work at Woodlands Elite. This is my eighth season, and uh, I love coaching, cheerleading, and tumbling. Man, it's my passion. Nice, nice. How did you, uh, you can keep it pretty quick, but how did you get into cheerleading? It, it was it was different, honestly. My brother and I, when my parents divorced, used to go to daycares when we were younger. So we asked our mom one summer, can we do a different daycare? We're tired of this kind of like boring, regular daycare. So she dropped us off in a summer camp at a gymnastics gym called Northwest All-Stars. And um, we kind of just started learning randomly to flip. We kind of copied the gymnasts we would kind of watch and just picked up on things. And they eventually asked us to be on the cheer team and uh, kind of started from there and then switched to another gym as we got a little bit better called Texas Lone Star Cheer uh, way back in the day. Nice. Caleb, you're from Texas. What uh, Were you guys close? Like, did you guys live close together? Um. I mean, we've seen each other every now and then. Um, we kind of close. I mean, Woodlands is probably 40, 45 minutes from Houston and from Katy. Um, but yeah, I mean, we ran into each other all the time or I saw them at competitions all the time. Oh, nice. So you yeah. guys, you guys, you guys are aware of each other's presence. Yeah. <laughs> that Absolutely. was creepy, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. <laughs> um, did you guys just meet like uh, at competitions or become acquaintances or? Um, kind of. Um, I've like went to the Woodlands gym a few times because Austin, who's, what was that last week he was on the podcast? Yep. Um, Austin worked at Woodlands, and so I would run into him there as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Yep, absolutely. And you are you know Austin, I'm guessing. He was on Gunsmoke, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Love Austin. Nice. Yeah, Austin lives right down the street from us now. That's awesome. I, I feel like his third dad. 
Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And I say that, I say that because he has his own father. He looks like a dad and then I'm going to be the third one. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I can't wait for him to hear that. Roman, wow. what do you mean? Wow. I don't know. Three dads. Wow. He could be the fourth. I no, the, Roman would be fourth. grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> you wish. You wish I'd be like sugar grandpa. All right. Um, so like this being our that. first call-in podcast, uh, we decided to put together uh, a string of questions. I think it was like, you know, eight to ten questions. We sent those over to Matt, and uh, we're going to get started with those. But um, these were questions that came, uh, were, I guess, developed by Caleb, Roman, and myself. And then uh, Matt also sent us uh, some topics that he wanted to talk about. So we'll try to uh, get detailed with these, but not spend too much time to turn it into a four-hour podcast. But the first question we're going to jump into, Matt, what coaching characteristics do you offer that you feel allows you to stand out among other coaches? And I'm guessing that question is related to like in our industry. Oh, that's a, that's a really good question, honestly. Um, and I feel like before I give the answer, it's getting harder and harder as the years go on because cheerleading is changing. But I, I, I love relationships, like people in general and building relationships and building trust. And I found over the 20 something years that is probably one of the most important things, because if I can get the trust of the kids and they see that I have their best interest at heart uh, to get them these skills, that I'm going to properly make a decision for them to throw a skill that won't get them hurt. And so I've, I've always enjoyed building the relationship with them and then trying to, you know, show them that I'm going to do the best thing in their interest and try to help them really get the skill and, you know, not let them get hurt, I guess, to the best of my ability. So I, I guess it's just the relationships, which as you know, is getting harder and harder in our you know sport, but just trying to build relationships with the athletes. Absolutely. That's a, that's a good characteristic to have. I mean, just not even with athletes, just in life in general, with your kid, with your wife, with people that you meet, like building relationships is something huge. But you did say something that I do want to kind of dig into. Um, and it relates to a question later on, but you, uh, you said that our industry is changing. Um, just real quick, what is the biggest thing that you think about when you say that? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Um... It, it, it's a it's a tri tricky, touchy subject, honestly, because it's like you you can't get too close, you know, to the athletes in a sense. Because um, I don't I don't know. I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about this. You you, you just you got to make sure there's always a direct line between coach and athlete, and I think that's extremely important. I was told once by some parents years ago. Um, you know, they thanked me for, I think their, their kid finally was 18, graduated and moved on to cheer in college. And they said, you know, you don't understand what you've done for our, our daughter. You've coached her for this many years, but you don't know that like we take her to school in the morning. Then we pick her up after school. She's with us a total of an hour. Maybe we drop her off. She does her practice. We take her home. She showers, she does homework and go to bed. You're technically, you know, the coaches are with our kids more than we are at times. So you're helping us raise them. And it really kind of like hit me like, dang, okay, how can I be a better person? How can I really try to take a role in their life and be a positive person? Um, and I really took that to heart because that's also how the coaches I had growing up were. They, they like treated me like I was their own. And I think that's getting harder because you can't really do that because obviously the athletes are not yours. And, you know, you just, you, you got to make sure there's that line of like athlete and coach. So I think it just, as, as time goes on, you just, it, you know, you got to be more and more careful, I guess. Absolutely. I completely understand that line between like, I guess in any industry called personal and professional, especially because yeah. we're working with youth is like, uh, I don't know. It's, it's almost like an even finer line because not only do you have to, especially with in t mainly tumbling, like you have to be like physical, like you have to be hands on with these athletes and they have to have that trust in you in order to save them so that they aren't like falling if they mess up, you know, like you have to be that extra set of batteries to get them back to their feet. And then exactly that's what we do physically. But then mentally it's like, okay, well, I got to make sure my hand placement is good. My, I got to make sure that I'm shuffling. So I'm in a safe place. Uh, so there's just so many things that like you have to learn um, that prevent you not just from being able to help with a skill, but prevent you from being um, 
what's the best way of putting it? Uh, prevents you from being in a vulnerable position um, while still making sure that the athlete is safe. You know, it's very, very, very hard because anybody can can perceive anything anyway. And then obviously their perception of it turns into words and that formulates opinions. So it's, I completely understand. But even in the mental side and emotional side, like you do spend, like you, like, like your story, you, you spend so much time with these kids. You don't necessarily know unless they're communicating how much you mean to them or what figure outside of a coach you're playing in their life. So absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and I hate to go dark on it, but like growing up, you know, when I was in high school cheering at some of the gyms I cheered at, it's like, it was an era where like football, baseball, and basketball from the high school's guys, we would join the teams, you know, obviously like, Oh, there's girls. We're going to do it. You know, we're going to learn how to cheer, blah, blah, blah. I cheered with people that were in gangs. I cheered with people that sold drugs. I cheered with people that, you know, weren't your, your, your all American type of guys that the coaches were able to build relationships with and completely change their lives not to say that their parents couldn't, but it was like a trusting type of like family atmosphere. So I've always tried to create that sort of thing because I want to help them grow in cheerleading, obviously, but I also want to try my best to help them grow as a person that goes into the world eventually. And it's tricky to do that when you also have to make sure that you're not overstepping, you know, lines and you're not, you can't be their parent because you're not their parent. So I feel like in this 20 something years I've been here, best coaches I had were the ones that treated me like that, that, that were that second, you know, that uncle or the extra father, you know, that you needed in life. And so it's, it's, it's just, it, the sport is changing and so you're changing with it, but it's trying to find a way to be able to connect with those athletes in the same exact way that my coaches connect with me, but with the change of times. 100%. Well put. I like that. Um, Okay. Uh, back on to the question list. Um, good answer, by the way. I think realistically it's some of these questions, like as we were writing them, it's, it's kind of hard to come up with a valid response. That's going to kind of hit all points in what we do and rather than just like teaching skills or, you know, being present yeah. in class. So thank you for that. That I, I'm going to take inspiration out of that. Um, thanks man. Appreciate that. All right. The next one, uh, this was a question by I think Roman, um, it was who has taught you the most about your craft, career, hobby, etc. So I'm I'm guessing it, this was in relation to, you know, coaching, cheerleading, or something along those lines. But like, who who, who do you want to give credit to? That Haley, my wife, had said she can't wait to hear this answer, and I didn't <laughs> even tell her yet because I wanted to think about it. But she was like, I can't wait to hear that, and. I, I would say it's going to start from the beginning. The gym I moved from that was like the big gym back in the day, Texas Lone Star Cheers. The owner was Sean Garland. Sean Garland treated all the guys on his team, you know, on large code back then, like we were his own. It, it was a love that I'd never seen from someone that wasn't related to me or to us. And he put the passion in me, which I have instilled since I ever cheered for him and I loved his passion. The next one, there's three of them, by the way, there's him. And the next one would be Bryson Black, who also worked at Texas Lone Star Cheer. His attention to detail is something I, I wish and dream and hope to be. And his work ethic was absolutely amazing to me. Um, I, I still, and I'm, I'm still close with them. My last one is still in the industry is Brett that owned Brett, you know, Brett and Brad owned Spirit. Yes. Brad was a mentor for me. I would reach out to him years ago and just ask him questions as I was coaching, just trying to like learn. And I didn't know how he was going to take it at first. Cause I don't think that's a normal thing, but I was just like, so how do y'all do your full outs? And like, I wasn't trying to, you know, I didn't coach a team at that time that went against him. I just want to understand like spirit is, is always perceived as perfection and details and cleanliness. And so I would just reach out to him and ask him so many questions. And it was always over text messages and he would answer them and he was wholehearted about it. And it really did help me kind of become one of the coaches or the coach I am today, just from his answers. So like Brad, I, I, I Brad Vaughn, I appreciate you as well. So I would say those three. Nice. Nice. That's Brad Vaughn and Brett Hansen, right? Yeah, Brad was the one I would reach out to often and just, hey, how do y'all do this? What do you suggest I do? How do I go about doing this, but also getting them to be in shape and clean? And Brad was just, you know, I always admired their perfection. So Brad was awesome, awesome at helping me via text message, not even phone calls, 
just text message. It was amazing. Nice. Yeah, I had one of those too. Um, somebody that just I, I asked questions to probably to the point where they were like, you're not my kid. I want to go to sleep, you know? Like, <laughs> stop asking questions. Mine was Victor, mm -hmm. obviously, who you're a good friend yeah. with as well. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Roman, Caleb, what a... Wait, Caleb, do you know who he's talking about? Yeah, you do? I do. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, it's weird. Like, the cheerleading industry is so small. Um, I... All of my old coaches are the same like or some of his best friends so yeah it's just interesting yeah i guess he's what or you're what 27 28 28 28 and mm -hmm. matt you're 38 so yeah you were an athlete wow yep. did you know caleb as an athlete matt i'm not gonna lie i don't remember much anymore and, <laughs> like <laughs> you're old like <laughs> uh, yeah it really is getting to that point yeah, like we definitely i definitely weren't around each other like long term so it's been a while it's been yeah it's it's not a you i i literally will forget if my wife's like where is this and i'm like i have no idea and she just put it somewhere 30 minutes ago so it's my memory is is gone i don't know why see i never had like i i weird my friend courtney says i have the memory of an elephant but it's only about the dumbest things <laughs> like i'll set my phone down and be like where did i put my phone i'll set my keys down where did i put my keys that's why i got a carabiner and i just hook it to my little crossbody bag so i don't lose them <laughs> Also old. Yes, yes, yes. Caleb's the only one here that has a memory that works or a brain. Um, that's scary. All right. Uh, well, that's awesome. Uh, what is, or next question is, what is one piece of advice you'd give to someone starting out in your career? So someone starting out in, uh, would you consider your career to be, you know, be uh, a cheerleading coach or a tumbling coach or, you know, what is the... Yeah. I, I would say I would say cheerleading. I I don't think people always get to see me coach cheerleading, or maybe not as well. I'm known for on social media, but I would say for sure cheerleading. Okay, so then what's one piece of advice you're going to give to someone that's starting out a career in coaching cheerleading, or maybe even you know looking to take that first step? Um, I th I think it's kind of what we were just talking about. Of like in in anything. You know, it's like if I want to learn stocks, real estate, the, the best thing you can do is find a mentor. And so whether you are able to find some just one mentor in our sport, whether it's, you know, outside of your gym, in your gym, it could just start as like you're trying to learn like who 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 runs the best teams. And it's not like necessarily the highest levels or anything like that are most successful, but the best workouts, the best practices, they get the most out of them. The parents love them. The kids continually every year come back, even though there's three other gyms in the surrounding area they can leave, you know, leave and go to. It's like trying to take bits and pieces of all of those things, whether it's that and then, okay, who teaches the best tumbling? How can I learn? It's just trying to absorb every piece of thing that you can from what's around you. Cause that's the easiest. And then honestly, I, like I told some of the coaches at our meeting uh, before, where were we at last weekend? We were at Spirit Celebration. I told them, I said, while we're here in Dallas, y'all, like, mingle. Go meet coaches. Go meet, you know, people. Start to let people know who you are. Start to, you know, ask them questions. And 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 because our sport people come and go so quickly. So I would say just find a mentor and start to get into the cheerleading world as if introducing yourself to people and, and learning from the people you look up to. Nice. That's yeah. pretty exciting. I wish you would have told me that when I was starting, Matt. What the heck? All he told I've me known. was <laughs> all he well, told none of us me was how to wear a hat. <laughs> Saw Matt one I, day. I just don't think it's it's also I don't think it's like cool either. You know, it's like because social media is so big now, like it's just not it's not cool. You know, like I, I watched this interview with Lil Wayne once and he was talking about showing love to people that it's not a cool thing. And he said he had this stomach tattoo. And he said, this stomach tattoo I got because Tupac had it, strictly because Tupac had it. The only reason I have this stomach tattoo is because Tupac had it and I wanted to be like Tupac. He goes, people don't do that. People don't compliment each other because it's stupid or it's not cool. People don't go and ask questions to people that might be higher than them, better than them, or, or whatever it is. But like, because it's not cool or they're ashamed. I'm like, that is that is stupidity to me. I will go ask Anybody that has something that I don't, that I want, or I want to be like them, I'm going to go ask you straight up or reach out to you or find a way to reach out to you and, and ask you questions. Absolutely. 
Such a good piece of advice. I'm going to apply it. I'm not even starting a career in cheerleading, but I'm going to apply it. <laughs> Matt, I need some advice. Yeah. <laughs> how do what, I, what do you need? I'll help you out. What's up? How do I wear my hat slightly crooked? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm going to send you all a photo of when I was like one and you got to put it in this part right here. And my hat is the exact same way. I probably wasn't even one yet. I was just a little chubby baby, but like I wore, I've always worn my hat like that. And for me, it goes towards my right ear, I guess. And I never noticed till like five or six years ago, my brother wears it the same, but it goes towards his left. Oh. And really it's like, I don't know why. I think it was just, I've always pulled it a little sideways. And then if my head gets like, starts to hurt a little bit, or if I get a headache, I just slightly have it on. I don't know why, but I've always worn it like that. <laughs> that's so, okay. That's so strange. Cause like, my old coach did the same thing, and that's where I got it from. <laughs> <laughs> we get made fun of it too. My grandmother for years was like, turn it around. And I was like, Meemaw, this is me. But <laughs> <at> this- <laughs> that's funny. Well, we're going to go to the next question. And I just want to know like, how do you think that somebody can turn like being a coach into a career financially? Do you think it's still possible or is it like very, very like limited? I think, so this is the question I sent in. Well, y'all worded it way better. This to me, I think is, 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 should be one of the biggest topics and it, it has so much to it. I, I don't, people should do what they're passionate about. Cause that's, I mean, that's what we all should do. If the people that are the best at whatever they do in the world is straight because of passion and, and I've loved this sport forever. Um, I reached out to someone about 15 minutes before we started this podcast. And I was like, what is the average income of a cheerleading coach? And they were like, where? Southwest, Northeast? I said, just put it all together. They said anywhere from 27000 to 34000 Now, when you say that, I've always told people and people will say, well, like teacher's salary. You're, you're close to a teacher's salary and you're doing it for passion, which I, I would agree. But with everyone now growing up in the social media world, everyone wants those vacations, you know, when they can choose to do them. Everyone wants those like no stress, financial free, whether it's cars, whatever, having their families. This, this is, I think, what needs to be talked about more because 34000 a year is not going to get you any of those things. You know, it, it, it's most of us get in the chair because we love it as athletes and then we decide we want to start coaching it or we don't even decide. We just get put into it and we're coaching. We're getting a little bit of money here and there. Maybe as like a 19 year old or 18, I think is when I started and you're making that 30 something thousand and you're living at home. You're like, this is life. Yes. I can go to Vegas if I want, like I can do whatever I want. But then when it gets to like, okay, now I'm an adult. Okay. Now I'm married. Now I'm having kids like stuff like that. It, it, this is where it has, I still struggle with this daily. And this is what we talk about, you know, all, all of us with our text messages about trying to be, you know, make more money, but still do what we love and stay passionate and, you know, to the sport. But this is where I think it's the hardest thing, honestly, the private lessons, you can only charge so much traveling around and doing clinics. I think is a great way to, if you have a name for yourself, if I could go back, I would say I wish I could have done choreography, but I don't have that skill set because that's where the real money's at. Right. I, that, that's where it's hard. Make music, but I don't have that ear for it. So it's it, it, at this point, I'm just trying to figure out how to use my talents and help people, but also try to get to where I can be financially happy and, and, and stable. Like the best thing of this, the best football quarterback coaches in just college football. I don't know the number, but I bet you they make over six figures. I can tell you. Sorry, can I couldn't hear if it cut out, but I could definitely tell you that one of my friends is a wide receiver coach for a school, and it is not a very good football school, and he was making six figures on it. And, and, it, and that's what's tough. Right. That should be our goal for everybody. Yeah. And and again, we're not on ABC, you know, we're not on Saturday mornings games and all that. And I understand that. And maybe we'll get to something like that, but like our industry is growing. Our industry is a six, what they say, six, seven, eight billion dollar industry, but 
in the time frame that it's been growing from like, let's say under a billion to two to five to whatever it's at now, the salary for most of us has stayed the same in a sense. So that's where it's tricky. It's like, how the heck do we get it to get to that point? And some people will say we cap out, but I refuse to believe that. Even some of the most terrible coaches in other sports will still make great money. And then you look at the best ones in different sports and they're getting compensated. Nick Saban, as he should, like some of the best coaches in any sport get just compensated really well. And not to say that we don't and not to say that I'm not happy, but how can we get coaches to a point to where, you know, they can be financially happy, making great money, not having to own a gym, not having to own a competition company or anything of that nature. And that's kind of what every day I'm trying to figure out with this sport is how can I, how can I use whatever knowledge I have and help people? Cause I definitely first and foremost want to help people, but also make more so I can be happier and not have to worry about, you know, when I'm 55, what am I doing at 55? Am I still coaching cheerleading? Do I have a backup plan? Cheerleading coaches don't have retirement plans. You know, those are the things that go through my head every day. Those are things that probably should go through my head every day, but they're not going because I'm going to coach till I'm 103. So, <laughs> you know, but uh, speaking of which, I know you touched on it a little earlier and you said something about social media. Um, I definitely want to know, like, what is your take on social media as a coach and for our industry? I mean, you know, as well as I do, it's, it's, it can, it's, what is, what is the, the slogan that our Spider-Man says, like with great power comes great responsibility. It's like, it can be a great thing. It can be so great because we can reach out and use whatever great knowledge we might have that's benefiting everyone around us athlete wise and coach wise to, to help athletes and coaches around the world. And I think that is the positive side of it. But then it gets to a point too, where it costs $2.99 to download a repost app and then start being able to just take other Instagrams, repost them, or just copy what they said and put yourself in it. So it's not really connecting. You're just taking stuff that other people said, putting it on there. And, and, and maybe you're helping people, which again is important, but it, it's just not connecting for me. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm yeah. going on Instagram and I'm looking at your page because I know and I've seen your work with the athletes you work with. I've seen it on the competition floor, not just social medias. I've seen it consistently. So I want to go hear what you have to say about back handsprings or what drills you have and stuff like that. Not just because you have a ton of followers, but I, I want to I want to learn from you because I've seen your work. You know what I mean? And, and it's consistent. So it's it's tricky because somebody could come across a page and see oh my God, that is so many followers. You know what? I'm going to follow them and I'm going to learn what they do and what they're doing stretching classes and, and they're 17. Yeah. I'm going to pay $10 a month for that. Like it, it, it's finding out how to use your social media properly. And I'm not a hater. If people are making money off social media, make that money. Everyone has to make their ends meet. But at what point too, are people getting good information and bad information that'll actually help them? I think that is something that is a slippery slope and a teeter-totter in itself. What do you guys think? No, I, for me, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm on the same page as Matt. Like, you know, do what you got to do to get where you're going kind of thing. If you're using it to make ends meet. But for me, I almost feel like I have like people like Roman who is very, you know, persistent with social media and, he has a lot of followers, but he doesn't like, he doesn't necessarily, he has like goals that he sets, but he doesn't do it for more followers. He does it to get content out to his current followers. You know what I mean? And that's what yeah. I, that's what I appreciate about like the things that he posts. Um, but then I look at some that are just, you know, following the YouTube algorithm videos and trying to build up a following. But like, I think the real question for me is my take on social media is, what are you, what's the goal of getting followers and what is like, what's the purpose behind it? Is it to get it to say I have it or is it to get it to spread a message? You know? And I think for me, if you have a decent following and you have a good message, that's beneficial. If you have a good following and you don't have a decent message and you're just kind of like what you said, reposting videos 
like with your face talking on it over and reacting to their video that to me now if you're responding in a way that could be helping like maybe you're taking a video of someone doing a round up back handspring tuck and your response is like a coaching response that's one thing but if you're just responding to it because uh you know a valid instagram profile or a blue checked instagram profile posted it and you just want to get somehow attached to that that's where i struggle not necessarily that I have two cents in the conversation because I I post on my story, I post on my Instagram because Roman tells me I need to or I'll get like cool videos, but then I don't really pay attention to them after that. So like for me, I look back, I want to look back at it when I'm, you know, 45, 55 years old and be like, wow, I did some cool stuff, you know, and I want to use it as reference along the way to share the information that I have so I don't have to keep repeating myself. But right. other than yeah. that, like, I, you know, do what you got to do to get where you're going is where I started this response. But overall, like, I don't know, I guess if you have a purpose in using it, I'm all for it. But if you're just doing it so that you can be, you know, respected or you need that type of response or from peers that you look up to or that you want to get into that club or whatever that club is, um, I, I just, I don't see it the same way. Like I'm not, uh, I, I don't see the end goal in that, you know, like what, it, it's like building a house, not to live in it. It doesn't make sense. I think. I Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, when I started out, I, all I can say is that I started out coaching in an area where cheerleading wasn't big. And the only way to get out there and start doing things was social media. So people can see what you were doing, but originally it did all start out to get information that was a goal i i still have the notebook at my house in buffalo new york that said this is why i'm putting out information because debbie love was one of the first people to kind of share things for nothing and originally you could make money on social media and that's that was the inspiration behind it but i do think what you just said like the copy paste all of those things it it always depends on who's putting out the information because I've watched amazing, amazing content from Olympic coaches get bashed by people that are backyard coaches and it reposting it and posting it and talking negatively about it. It's it's kind of like a snake basically eating its own tail, I guess, with social yeah. media when it comes to it. The professional line the professional line is weird for me. Like when you're talking about someone else's profession. That's mm-hmm. when I'm like, I don't care about your opinion if it's not something that's going to be either number one, constructive, or number two, like you're praising that person. Kind of like the send love with the little Lil Wayne thing that you were talking about earlier. Yeah, Like, I'm all for that on social media, but I will be the first to tell you that when someone sends me a funny video of a elephant pooping on a bird, like, I'm, I'm, I'm laughing. So, like, I do like the, I, I guess I do like some of those. I, I enjoy the people that are doing it um to be funny or to like just kind of have a presence but not in an industry if that makes sense yeah. like speaking of which, yeah. yeah i i get that matt thank you for sending the video of the elephant pooping on a bird by the way we really <laughs> enjoyed it <laughs> um but yeah um cool but you're uh, also you would also let me let me add this to you're you're way nicer than i am that there there is Sometimes you're just your opinion does not matter. Like how <laughs> most of the how time. could how could a middle school not yours, but like how could a let's say and nothing against this, but like let's say you are your first year coaching elementary school football. How could they have such a strong opinion and of Urban Meyer or Nick Saban uh, coaching? Like you know what I mean? Like and it's okay because everyone has an opinion. But sometimes, like, it's better to just keep in your head and say to yourself or your other voices instead of voicing it and sounding stupid. Like, it's just, yeah, and I know putting your opinion out there, like, or being someone out um, that might be good at their profession and more seen makes you vulnerable and allows people to have opinions. But for the love of God, I missed 20 years ago when people, like, would just write it in their diaries. Like, we need to bring diaries back. (laughs) Yeah. Or if you really felt that strongly about it, you had to go tell that person. Exactly. I'm like, what's like, not, not put you, it on blast? Yeah. Yeah. Like, not, yeah, under an Anon or something. I'm like, come on, man. Like, be better. 
Matt, when I when I see you in Dallas, I'm going to show you my notes where I saved comments from certain individuals, coaches, owners that back in the day I really wanted their opinion and looking yeah. back, I can tell you some of them got my response to their opinion in the nicest Roman way possible. <laughs> my favorite I, I can't wait. My favorite is when you go onto like one of our websites, which I or one of our outlet pages, community pages like ASGA or something like that. My favorite is when people feel the need to respond but don't think about responding. They just start typing and then they hit enter. Like <laughs> like it's the the craziest thing. Like on ASGA when someone posts like is this legal and then you see someone respond and they're like no, that's not legal. This is why. And then you click on their page and they're one of the moms at the local gym down the street. Yes. And you're like, what? Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> what? Like, it, oh, what's your full-time job? <laughs> do you do you guys think, and this is just because we were on the topic earlier. By the way, before we get any yeah. further, keep asking those questions. Because like Matt said, those that's an outlet for you to ask questions. Yeah. It's just my, my uh, the, the responses and who they come from relate to what... Uh, Matt just said, like, you should write that in your diary. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Movie? yes. It's like Nick Saban or the guy that was in the movie uh, Al Bundy. <laughs> there we go. Um, do you think the one thing in our industry, and this is, sorry, I'm a little off topic, I guess, as always, but do you think in our industry, because there is no level of separation in truly defining where the coaches stand, that that makes it difficult for us all to make the type of money that anybody can make in any other professional sport. Like, I don't know if that I makes do. sense the way I asked it. No, yeah, no, it, it does. It definitely does. There's as, as much as people hate to say it, there's hierarchies and everything, you know, like you're an attorney and it's your first year being the attorney. You think your opinion matters to like the senior executives or the attorneys and you know, the higher ups, like maybe, but probably not. You have someone you have to tell your opinion to maybe your boss or your coworker. And then it goes up in hierarchy and, and, and you work your way to get to that point. That that's the goal is like, you have something to work towards. And, and I get, we're all learning from each other, but like it, it, it's, it's just different. The sport for us is different than most sports. And, and it's just, the opinions are great. People love them. If opinions were able to fuel cars, Oh my God, no one would need gas again. There'd be less wars in the world, <laughs> but, but they're, they're not. They're just not, they're not helping a lot of people either, but I, I think just cheer is just different, Roman, honestly. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I do think that at, like the way that you just asked that question though, Roman, sparked a, a thought in my head. Like you said, you know, other sports, like whether it be college or we'll talk about football, but whether it be college or the NFL, like those are top tier athletes that are in a funnel, you know, we'll call it, a, they're in the funnel to try and make it in the NFL. And once they make it in the NFL, you know, you have salary. What is it? Like, what's the lower, the, the bottom end? 750,000. Yeah. Like you have a, a minimum, like the kicker, the backup kickers has, has a minimum that they have to make, you know, but you're considered yeah. professional and we don't have that level in our sport and especially not in coaching. And if we had that, I don't know what would happen to a lot of coaches? Because I know a lot of coaches that are phenomenal coaches, but like what is professional level cheerleading? Is it going to be the hardest skills performed at the highest level performed on like in the hardest high pressure situations like the NFL? You know what I mean? Um, because if that's the case, a lot of these coaches are going to get, they're not even going to make it to the quote unquote professional level because they're phenomenal yeah. at social media. They're phenomenal at producing, I guess you would say, uh, ways for people to get better, but they don't, they're not good at actually making some, uh, making one of these athletes reach the professional level. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah. I guess the best way to say it is the, what do we say in cheerleading the road to a double full? Like, yeah, I, I, I can count on, I can lose fingers and toes uh, and keep counting on people that are phenomenal at producing up to level three athletes, but because they are, I guess at that at, at that level, they're they're influencers because they they share a lot of their stuff, and the gen, general public in cheerleading is what level three and below. Like there's very there's a lot of gyms with level four and above, but there's not many that have great 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 level four and above year after year after year. 
And then once you talk into professional, which would be like our level six or seven, how many coaches are actually producing kids that can compete at that level? Stunting, tumbling, right. throwing mm -hmm. baskets that high and catching it, and then stunting, tumbling, and still jumping at that level. You know, like that's where the true separation would come from. And a lot of people would get their feelings hurt, I feel like. Like if we we, we established a professional level. But Agreed. we are already 40 minutes in, but we still have a couple more questions. Um, that original question was uh, talking about social media. But sorry, we uh, <laughs> now you know what it's like to do a podcast with Roman Matt. <laughs> we end up on a wormhole every single I time. I mean, I got I got more, but just so you guys know, the NFL salary is seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for a first year rookie. And Jesus, a veteran that's coming back or whatever. The minimum salary is eight hundred and seventy thousand dollars. What's the quick math on that? What's seven hundred and fifty thousand divided by what's the higher paying? Uh, Matt said thirty four thousand. 750 yeah. average, divided average. 750,000 divided by 34,000. That's got to be what? Hold on. 34 times 5 is times five. There we go. It's got to be like what? You said 750,000 divided by 3400 or 34,000. That's what it was. So that's 22 times the top level coach is, is players, the first players. level of the NFL. But it's also professional. And like Matt said, it's, you know, Sunday, Sunday afternoons, primetime TV, just, like right. all that, all that stuff pays money. Right. I just want to you know, know that, like, listen, not throwing salaries around, but I want to know where y'all were making $34,000 because <laughs> up until like, I don't know. 2016 17 i was making 600 dollars every two weeks no you weren't <laughs> maybe in cheerleading in cheerleading but no you were a professional photographer that in doesn't count i'm talking about in <laughs> cheerleading time out i am purely talking about coaching every single day tumbling teaching tumbling every single day just on salary was 600 dollars every two weeks you're too nice I was too nice. You know what? Have you ever Not seen nice the buildings anymore. in Buffalo? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. All right. On to the next question. Matt. Not nice anymore. What underrated tool or tools are indispensable for your job, or at least for you to perform your job accurate or uh, uh, to the best of your ability? All your friends. <laughs> Is it, is, a, is, it is it our group chat? Is it our group chat? The Avengers. I can't, I can't live without our group chat. Th this one's tough because if it's coming to like tumbling, there, there could be it, – it's it's trickier. Like when I go to gyms and if I do clinics and stuff, I like to like build a um, – like a, a start to finish for a skill. So like at Woodlands, for example, we have a tumble track. So I'll do it into the pit. And then I'll take it on the rod into the pit and then usually on the rod and then on the floor onto a mat, then on the floor. And that's like my process. And so at gyms, I try to go there and build that process for them. So it's just, I guess, making sure that I can build a process. Like it would be very difficult if it was like a rod floor and then a spring floor, you know, like you, you need some sort of stuff. But when it comes to cheerleading coaching and, and teams and routines, what is underrated and indispensable um making sure that it's a routine that the that's attainable for the kids because I, I love getting to train them to get to that point to where they can do the full outs and all that and the physical and the mental like I, I love that part but I've also coached teams when I was younger that like had routines that they could not do and so it was never attainable it was not fun it it, it was it was terrible and it was all I knew for one point in my time but once I kind of started understanding like okay it has to be attainable for the kids to do I, th I think that's probably underrated in, in my opinion but I'm sure there's a lot more that's just the first one I can think about so uh, a, a routine underrated and indispensable is a routine that is at the kids level of ability yeah or at least attainable eventually like within training and stuff like that but like you, you can take a world champion routine from 2022 and then give it to another team. That does not mean they're going to be able to do it. Oh, a hundred percent. You could take a world championship. It, you could take a large co-ed team and have them try to do a small, you know, cut a couple kids and have them do a small routine. Not going to be to their strengths, you know? 
exactly. I completely understand. Uh, I like how you went the tumbling route there, though, at the beginning, because, I mean, obviously, I'm going to pick on Shay for a second. He's like, I could do a lot with a panel mat. Yeah, I, I completely understand. We can all do a lot with a panel mat. And I love the things that Shay does with a panel mat. But there's no shot in my head that I can see a clear vision of taking a kid from first forward roll to their first double full with just a panel mat. You know what I mean? And all so right. yeah. my answer to that question, usually, if I'm just talking about tumbling, would have to be a well-equipped gym. <laughs> <laughs> literally yes. what underrated yeah. and indisposed what's underrated and indispensable um a well-equipped gym because i like it, it and it speeds up the process and the twofold you know mm -hmm. shout out to all the gyms that are well equipped There's and shout out to all the gyms that aren't well equipped producing athletes 100 percent. i'm not saying it's, uh, it's no for sure unattainable i just uh, we did it we did it years ago you know and now it's like oh we can produce more higher level kids or at least create a funnel for it and the funnel being some type of system utilizing the equipment in the gym you know that, yep. that that's the funnel they fall into so it, you, i like to think of like bmx like the minute foam pips foam pits came out more people were backflipping than before they came out <laughs> i tried no thank you Oh, Roman separated his shoulder. Popped it back Quick in. Quick side story, Matt. Ooh, I don't know ooh. if you know this. Uh, I broke a bicycle. I used to, um, or, <laughs> yeah, we obviously we used to work out at Woodward. And uh, I worked in one of the leadership roles. And so I leave, I'm leaving uh, the facility one day and I literally look at Roman. I go, all right, Roman, I'm off. Uh, you got to cover everything. And he's like, all right, cool. I got it. Totally had it. He's going to ride a bike. <laughs> Guess whose bike he's going to ride? professional BMX rider, Daniel Dares. Okay, they're going. Okay. Daniel Dares is going to teach Roman how to do a backflip. No, 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 no. That's not the Five story. Five minutes down the road, <sighs> no. I get a phone call or a FaceTime from Roman. He's got an ice pack on his shoulder. He's already left the trainer. Popped it he back in. He separated his shoulder trying to backflip into the foam pit on a BMX bike. First of all, <laughs> just quicker side story, Matt. That's not how it went. Roman was there. There was a girl named, like, we're not going to say their names, but she was flirting with a professional BMX rider. And what happened was he's like, I'll teach you how to backflip, blah, blah, blah. You know, they're doing their little flirty game. And I'm like, I'm going to learn how to do a backflip. And I just sat there and listened. I had flip flops on. Okay. I pulled my best impression of Shay. I was standing there with flip flops on. And the girl goes, oh, I don't think I could do it. I was like, give me a helmet. And then I took her sneakers, put them on my feet, and I went to the very top of the ramp, which I wasn't supposed to do, but they said, yeah, you'll get speed. And his last words were, do it like a back tuck on the floor. And that is not what it's like, not even a little bit. So I pushed my hips as hard as I could into this bike that decided to take my arm, rip it off like the Hulk beating Loki. Into the ground. I think you're just a big baby. <laughs> and then my arm came out. I still did the backflip, though. Landed on my feet. Also, I'm going to send you the video. Oh, it uh, hurts so bad. Probably after we get <laughs> off of this. Um, and you're going to watch Roman do the backflip, release Daniel Dare's bike, and instead of throwing it into the foam pit, throws nope. it back onto the concrete. I was mad at him. Like, in the air, throws it into the air in Lade, and it comes back down on the concrete. His brand new... Yep, professional BMX bike, and Roman just oh, sends it twenty. It was funny. Twenty feet into the air, back to concrete. You know what? Should have not told me to go to the top of the ramp. It's your fault. All Daniel. right. Um, yeah. you touch also, on the best part of that. Also, the best part of that was that you put her shoes on. <laughs> right. He they didn't. They, they were. They he were didn't. Nikes. Yeah. No. Yep. We're gonna watch the video. Watch and you're just gonna see that Roman sneakers. has girly taste in shoes because First he has. All, those are not my shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, my taste in shoes is really good. Thank you. All right. Um, let's move on. Uh, let's get through these uh, questions. This one I do want to take a little time on uh, and listen to your opinion on it, Matt. For the sole fact that uh, this is one of the things that you sent to us. Um, but where is tumbling going for our industry, at least in your opinion? Man, this is such a great topic. I, I'm nervous for it because we're not seeing, and, and it could be because the industry is requiring more difficulty in stunting 
but we're not seeing besides Liam, you know, we're not seeing some of the crazy tumbling that we used to see. We're not seeing the, the double whip, double whip, double bounce backs. We're rarely seeing more bounce backs from girls now. It, it, and I get it because it's harder to fit all that in the routine because it takes more time, but tumbling is getting to get a little bit less, um, I guess, flashy because of the difficulty requirements. It's like you could do a beautiful clean double and then someone could do maybe like a whatever, a full whip kick double. And if the kick double lands slightly piked down, then the double would score higher, which is just insane to me. We don't have that like where Simone does skills so much harder that she's getting an extreme higher difficulty type of thing to where she can have a little bit of execution error, which she never does. We just have like black and white. So it's, it's, it's getting to where people aren't pushing as hard because of that. And honestly, I hate to say it, but athletes are getting lazier. Oh, I <laughs> athletes are getting lazier, but I think society as a whole is getting a little lazier with what we are accepting of athletes and everybody else. And I don't mean to like jump in like that, but, just a theory, and do you guys think that maybe that's what it is because they wanted to make the sport more accessible to everybody and it's a lot easier to teach people how to do a stunt ver like consistently with time versus teaching somebody how to do a double full? Um, yes. I mean, sorry to interrupt you, Jimbo, but I asked people on ASGA years ago, what could you teach a first-year cheerleader, a double-up stunt-wise, or a double full, like what would be, I said, what would be harder? And they said, teaching the double up. And I said, what the heck are y'all talking what? about? And then I looked at who's, I swear to God. And I looked who it was and I was looking at their page and I said, ah, oh, makes sense. You don't know how to teach a double full, like a running one. <laughs> like, I swear to God, the people I looked at, but I was like, that's the most idiotic thing I've ever read. And at that point, me and Justin File from Woodlands were like, okay. We what a guy, by the way. Yeah, love him. I'm like, the opinions on half of these people that haven't taught stuff like that, I'm like, that's where opinions, put them in your uh, diary, doesn't matter. Um, Matt, just a heads up, you did get a little quiet. I don't know if you were walking away. Um, but uh, he's doing push-ups. <laughs> shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, nice answer, though. I, I, I would have to agree with you. I completely understand. I'm completely backwards on that i think a double up is taught also uh, more often than not in the first year to people that need it way more than a double full um agreed just across the board but um all right i'm gonna switch the we sent you some questions i'm gonna switch the last two just around uh because i want to stay on the coach topic before we get into you um but this kind of segues into that. Uh, the question is, how does your personal life play into who you are as a coach? Um, I feel like that could go a lot of directions, but my personality is, is, is fully into it. Like I'm kind of an eccentric person. I'm an Aries. So I give my opinion often. And even though this whole podcast was about not giving your opinion, <laughs> if you're not, if, <laughs> wait, you're an Aries. When's your birthday? April 15th, tax day. I'm April 4th, baby. Look at that. We're both Aries. Yeah. Look, both look at that. See, in our opinion, matter. actually matters. So that's yeah. just kidding. <laughs> don't get, oh, don't get your feelings hurt, people. But um, I, I, I think the kids that know me and the athletes that have had me for like 10 plus years know like my personality coaching and outside of it is the exact same. Like I'm very eccentric. I am sarcastic. I'm quick and witty. But I'm also passionate and they can feel the love, even if I'm like hard on them and, you know, it's a hard practice, they they can feel that. And my whole life is cheerleading. My wife cheered at OSU, my daughter, you know, I'll post videos of me and her stunning. And I come home and my wife knows like, oh, how do generals do and how was colonels today? And she'll even ask about the flyers or the kids that are struggling that she's seen at the competitions. And so my whole life is based on this. So it, it plays a major role for me. Nice. That's I like awesome. that answer. The only part I didn't like um, is you just let me know that Haley cheered at OSU. Um, she just <laughs> go went, pokes. She just went down a couple uh, couple brownie points in my book. I'm sorry. I really am Those Haley. Brownies. Um, Sometimes orange looks better than red. But yeah, I would have to say uh, what? I would have to say go cards. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. 
forgot that you you you're you're a card. I forgot about. That. I am not a card. I just associate with them because I've worked with uh, Louisville. I ended up staying at Kent State because I played hockey all through college. Um, That's which right. random uh, topic or random um, bullet point about me? I might be. If anyone's listening, all of our two listeners, you know, um, if anyone's listening and knows if this is true or not, I might be one of the only people that ever played hockey and did cheerleading at the same college. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like at the same time. Awesome. You threw that in there. I was about to be like, what about the Minnesota Gophers cheerleaders who ice skate? <laughs> I am like, they're kind of like, but they're like extreme. They're on skates doing tricks. Okay. Side note, Matt. What's harder, teaching a double up with shoes on or a double up with ice skates? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, according no to Blades of Glory, I think with ice skates. You better be good at catching grips. <laughs> I, got, I got those medieval gloves on that um, protect you. All right. Well, let's uh, let's take a break um, or at least put a, ho a hold on the uh, cheerleading talk real quick. Um, this was a question from Caleb. Um, do you want to ask it, Caleb, or do you want me to ask it? No, you're good. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> I, I submitted like 30 of them. <laughs> All right. So the question is, Matt, and you got to be honest with us. Okay. What are you not good at? Like at all? Wearing a hat straight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Robin. sorry. I'm sorry. We're friends. We're friends. I'm not good at a lot of things. I'm not good at teaching choreography, and I wish I was. I really <laughs> wish I was. Um I'm not good at putting things on paper, like writing out formations and then doing them. I wish I was. I have a lot of like uh, Jessica Marshall or Jessica Green is amazing at that. And I envy that because she's so good at that. She can do it at, like in the office or at home. And then when she goes in the gym, she like can do it like right away. And I, I just don't have that ability. Um, and I'm not the best at lower level tumbling. I'm, I'm really not. And y'all always send the coolest drills and the coolest stuff and my just experience isn't the best with that. And so not the best with that. I'm just not the best at that. And um, I, I wish I was more because obviously there's more level one and two dollars than there are, you know, doing lays and doubles. But that would be probably, yeah, I would say I'm not, not good at that. Um, Personal life. Yeah. What's one thing you're not good at? Maybe something you want to get better at? Or you're just like, hey, uh -huh. I'm not good at this and I'm cool with it. <laughs> I would say it's a fine line because I don't want to settle, but I'm, I'm not good. Like my stepdad is phenomenal at fixing things and, and stuff like that. Even my wife is so great at stuff like that. I'm impatient. And if it can't get done quickly, I much rather would pay someone. Um, and, and she's told me before, she's like, you do not like things you are bad at. And, <laughs> and she's right. Like I can, I can work hard at stuff physically and, and work out and get stuff done because I'm an athlete and I understand that. But when I can't figure out building something, um, it frustrates me and I'm usually like, all right, who do I need to pay? <laughs> I completely understand. Uh, I have a friend just like that. Um, he's talking about me. <laughs> I'm, he's, he's saying me, but I'm, I'm, I hate to break it to everybody. I'm not bad at anything. I'm uh, just not up to the standard of some people's idea yo, of what I'm Matt, I have to tell you this story. Go ahead. Casey Blue was in town. It's not true. This is 100% true. He was never here. Oh, Casey Blue was in town. Good friend of ours. Yeah, he's a good uh, friend. He uh, oh, was sitting on the couch, Yep. and I got these desk light strips that came in. They were cool. And uh, I am... Roman got the same ones. Nope, and uh, I didn't know what I was doing. When you think of a desk light strip, it's just a, a sticker, right? You just stick That's it on there, right? I didn't know that was the thing. So I get all of my lights hung, and I get them set up, and Roman's still on the floor looking at the lights. He has them open, at least. He can open a package. I and he them. goes, Jimbo, can you come help me with this? Or I, what, what should I, how do I do this? First of all. <laughs> Casey for, and I stopped and just started dying laughing. First of all, for, first of all. Casey even at one point goes, no, do it, Roman. Like, no, no, no. Jimbo's not going to do it for Time you. Out. <laughs> Nobody wanted you to do anything for me. I needed your help. As Pulling far a as, sticker off the back? Okay, I had the sticker part, but I didn't know where to put them. On the bottom of the desk. Didn't know that that would look the best. <laughs> I just wanted an opinion of a person I respected 
when it came to lighting. <laughs> uh, I guess I'm only respected in lighting, but yeah. There you go. I, your uh, opinion would have mattered at that moment in time, but now it does not, sir. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. But Matt, you know what? An impatient Aries. Who would have thought, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Um, well, uh, thanks for taking the time tonight. Uh, we just uh, are coming Wait, up on an hour. One more question. Did you have one more question? Yeah, but it's part of the wrap up, Roman. You oh, should yeah. probably listen. I don't listen. Um, so <laughs> thanks for coming on tonight. Uh, thanks for being our first call in guest. Obviously, uh, you're in the group chat with us. So we've been talking about how we're starting a podcast and how I'm just like, jumping onto Jason's tail and asking questions along the way and figuring out what he's doing. So I know how to do this, but, um, thanks for jumping on. Thanks for, uh, giving us a little, uh, bit of insight into who Matt is and your, your theories and thoughts and opinions around, you know, coaching and our industry in general. But, um, yeah, I, I, I can't say thank you enough. Thank you for everything and just being a good friend for us. Man, thanks for having me on. It's, it's an honor to be the first and I love doing these things, especially with my friends. So I appreciate it. Uh, I'll do this any day with y'all and hopefully yeah, I can get there and do one in person. But uh, I, I'm, gr I'm grateful for y'all's friendship and our group chat and Roman's positive attitude. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome. A man in Texas can even understand it. All you right, know what? Um, but Next podcast is Shay and Matt. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Bring it on. Let's go. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll definitely get you on again, maybe on a more directed topic, uh, like when we have a, like a individual topic that we just want to get more opinions on. Uh, I want to do something like that where maybe we call a couple people in and get their takes on it um, on the same podcast. But um, where can people like connect with you or, you know, see some of your stuff or if people want to learn from you, where can they go? What can they do? I know you have a subscription set up on uh, Instagram. Tell us a little bit about that as well. So I got a couple of things. So on Instagram, I got a uh, subscription service for five bucks a month and it's, I send out two to three workout videos every week that are really just trying to help with injury prevention and just strength for new skills. And that's just, you straight up go to Matt freaking Kelly on Instagram and you could subscribe or follow me. Um, I just started a new website, mattfreakingkelly.com and I offer one-on-one -on -one coaching similar to like the health and fitness industry where I coach you for a month and we'll take all the videos you send me, critique them, send drills, uh, video critique, workouts, uh, anything that you need to help. And it, it also uh, works for coaches as well. If coaches have athletes, which is kind of a good steal because you could have 20 athletes and you would only pay just one thing, but uh, it's also helping coaches as well. Um, and that's mattfreakingkelly.com. Okay. All right. So check out Matt Freaking Kelly on uh Instagram, uh, definitely, if uh, you have the means to do it, subscribe, especially if you have athletes uh, that are, you know, wanting to work their way up and tumbling or stunting or just building themselves uh, and overall athleticism. Uh, I will say this, quick shout out to Matt, uh, just for being someone to look up to and something in our industry that is constantly producing results. And I, I know that's not just Matt, he's got Justin and a couple other people there, but like the system that you have and the the people that you work with, the, the tumbling alone, just talking about tumbling, the tumbling alone, obviously you guys with the upper level teams are always consistent with overall performances, but the tumbling alone that comes out of your gym is insane. And just the pure numbers, it, it really shows that you guys know what you're talking about. And the things that you guys are utilizing are clearly working on so many levels because as coaches, we know that not every kid's the same. So you guys are stepping outside of those traditional boxes and finding ways to produce more athletes. So it's definitely admirable and it, it doesn't go unnoticed. We notice for sure. I know that we're in the same group chat, but I don't ever get to say stuff like that in the group chat. Cause usually we're just talking crap. <laughs> <laughs> Language. Oh, I love it. Well, I appreciate it, man. If I can impress y'all, that's, that's my goal. If we can impress the people you look up to. So I definitely appreciate those words. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, you guys got anything for Matt before we jump off? I don't think so. Matt, I'll see you in Dallas. Are you going to Jam Fest? Wait, you got, are you coming to Jam Fest? Yeah, we'll be, we got uh, Encore this weekend uh, in Houston and then the two week break and then we'll be in uh, Jam Fest. Are you going to Majors? Jam? Yeah, you'll be at Majors, right? Dope. Bring me yeah. a shirt. We'll see you there. We'll see you there. I got, I got you, Roman. Every year. Every year. I've one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited. Alrighty, well, I got it. once again, thanks for your time, and uh, <laughs> yeah, 
we'll uh, see you on the next one. All right. Later, boys. Later, later homie. See ya. All right. That was Matt Kelly. Uh, overall, good conversation. Uh, I liked uh, all of his responses, uh, minus Haley being from OSU. But, um, yeah, I I learned a lot, too. A lot of stuff that I can definitely relate to, especially in, like, the coaching characteristics and uh, the, the one piece of advice that he gave. Uh, and I liked that he was immediate with his response about the people that he, like, wanted to give credit to for helping him become who he was. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, it's just interesting how things can come up like timing wise, like even for myself, like having questions about things and like thinking through stuff recently. And then like how him just talking about himself, like speaks in to that of like, Oh wow. He's really well-respected in his industry and he's open and honest and about like, I'll call anybody and everybody that I respect their opinion and just ask questions until they get sick of me. Like it's, I don't know. I think I just appreciate the honesty. Like it was just definitely like a good podcast to like re-listen to and like go back and listen to for sure. Absolutely. Roman, you, uh, you knew Matt before, uh, like you became a cheerleading coach, correct? Uh, no, we like, well, I cheered. Well, yeah, wasn't he cheering at like uh, he was at HBU Hawaii. Yeah, when you were at SFA? At, yeah, gotcha. Yeah, him, Shay, Shay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to get Roman and Shay on the podcast, and I great. just want to hear their opinions and see <laughs> their fight. opinions of each other, their opinions of each other's. We think highly of one another. <laughs> <laughs> My opinion dwarfs. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Not nice. I'm just kidding. Oh my god. No, listen, listen. We're all friends. 100 (laughs) percent You gotta talk crap to your friends, right? Yeah, sometimes. All right. Well, we're at uh just over an hour, and we appreciate you guys coming on to listen. Um, the next one we will probably do in-house here, and then I think we're gonna see if we can get see if we need to work on any audio or anything like that. But eventually we want to get to the point where we call in video people and you know start producing some content for you guys, maybe in shorter form, release some YouTube shorts or even just smaller like segments of the podcast for YouTube videos. Um, But yeah, thanks for sticking around this long. Uh, If you listen all the time, we appreciate you. We love you. And uh, thanks for supporting us with your ears. And um, yeah, again, quick uh, reminder, if you ever have any questions or you Want any of us to look at something, send it over on uh, the to the breakdown on Instagram. That is T-H-E-B-R-K-D-W-N-23. Um, and yeah, send it over. Roman manages that. He'll definitely uh, share it with us and get opinions to send back unless he has a good response for you right away. And let us know uh, on there or comment on one of our photos or videos that we have up and let us know who should be on the next podcast. Uh, other than that, I'm good. You guys good? Yeah, I'm, yeah. Good. I'm terrific. All right, guys. We'll uh, see you on episode number 24. Peace. See you. Bye.